This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Coming to you live in front of a studio audience, a virtual studio audience, from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area. It's cover to cover for Saturday, January 9th. My name is Matt Baum. I got a little dog behind me freaking out. I'm going to let him the hell out of here. All right. I, that makes me the internet's Joe Patrick. I am not the whining little dog. I am staying put. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on the Facebook page and our Zoom, futuristic Zoom video chat uh, robot. I think it's what it is. I think it's futuristic. It's the future is now. Uh, We do this so that we can wrap about the week's uh, new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with you our listeners that's right it's a live show we need you to play along so jump into our zoom you can find the link at the top of our live stream on the faces book you can also call us at 402-819-4894 or you can click our facebook call now button it's right there or just chat with us on facebook live we love it when you do if you're gonna chat though let's do it in facebook live so it's all in one place talk with us on zoom chat with us on facebook live if you can't that's not all in one place for them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, the chat is all in one place is what I'm saying. So we're not going back and forth. If you can't call in live, feel free to leave us a message or send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we open these lines, Joe Patrick, let's reset some of this week's headlines and then hit them with the question of the week. All right. Uh, the, of course, the big happening this week is that future state is here. Uh, the DC universe is forever changed. Uh, nothing will ever go back to normal after this. You can guarantee it. Um, very sad news about the passing of uh, one of my favorite artists, Steve Lytle. Uh, he he died of a heart attack uh, just yesterday morning. Um, and the news hit um, in the afternoon and uh, it's a brutal bummer. Uh, he was a really well-respected guy and a super friendly, nice dude that never got the uh, respect that he was due. A young dude um, too, 61. That's 61, yeah. too young, man. Uh, we've got a new Nightcrawler series coming uh, called The Way of X. It uh, seems very cult-like. Cy Spurrier, sorry, too, so it's going to be weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was uh, something that uh, caught my eye. Uh, Scott Snyder hints at big plans for Wally West. <laughs> Can't wait no. for him to become the ultimate bad guy and start murdering folks. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, we've got uh, a, a secret black label title coming from Jeff Lemire and Doug Mankey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's literally all there is to that story so far. <laughs> oh, Chip Zdarsky is, is getting fine? a Justice League book apparently in April or May and it may or may not be in Elseworld suddenly they're throwing say, that title around. Say what? In, uh, say that again? Chip Zdarsky getting a Justice League book in oh, April you read that? or May on oh, one of the rumor sites and uh, they're kicking around the term Elseworld again. Well, yeah, that happened at the end of Death Metal. I guess. But I mean like 
were using the like word they brought back the phrase Elseworld again. I guess. Yeah, they did. You're right. You're right. Regardless, it's all Elseworlds now. As far I think. As it, I think down. it's gonna. <laughs> I, I, I think it's gonna be about that. Um, that new team. Uh, yeah. The the totality or whatever. Um, we already knew this, but uh, Walter and Wheezy Simonson are confirmed for an arc on X Men Legends, which is the throwback series to give work to older creators. I find myself uh, unreasonably excited about this. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, yeah, that tracks. That 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 sounds like you. I love X Factor, man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so those are the happenings. Uh, and of course, I'm sure that uh, we'll discuss very little of it <laughs> over the course of the next hour. Well, there's so. plenty more going on, too. It's your guys' show. So hit us up. Let's wrap. Yeah, yeah. We've got a question of the week here. There it is. <laughs> it was submitted by Eddie via the THN forums. Put on your tinfoil hats, lace some string on your cork boards, and walk around wearing a sandwich board. End is coming sign. What is your most let's say passionate nerd conspiracy theory. I also took this to mean like wildest rumor yeah, unsubstantiated, yeah. you know, of course uh, this could be something in, in story, like in universe, uh, a comic book storyline theory uh, that was never confirmed or some real life backend shady business, uh, which we all know happens. Some you called or something that you, you know, thought was hilarious, whatever. Let's hear it. Yeah. It's anything you heard. Yeah. Uh, the wilder, the better. Whatever gets you all riled up that the man is keeping under wraps, we want to hear it. Let's do it. Let's get right into it right now. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Mr. Brian Domingos. How are you today, sir? Good, guys. What's going on? Not too much. I'm just uh, I'm going to turn off the donut disturb on the phone line while we're rapping. But what do you want to rap about? Um, the uh, the, the uh, Simonson uh, X Factor thing looks really fun. Yeah, um, it does. Right. It looks fun. There, it's it's that like like, you know, like Joe mentioned that the way of X thing with Nightcrawler. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't I I. I don't have the energy to, to, to consume, to try to like, I'll be, and I'll be honest. I don't read any of the text pages in the X-Men books. Oh, I just yeah? can't do it. <laughs> I, I, like, like what the fuck do you think you're doing? It's an X-Men comic. Fair you're enough. telling me that there, that there are eight pages of text in every issue. Like I'm not doing it. I'm just not. So okay. if there's some important plot point, draw, it's a comic book. I, I have you to found though. I have found that there are some X books where reading the text pages pays off. And there are other X books where the text pages are obviously there to fill a couple pages. <laughs> That's well, it. That, well, well, Matt, how, who has the energy to find out? I don't know. Fair you enough. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's 40% of them are important, like, okay, you're, there's 20 books. So for like, no, look, man, I love charts and graphs. All right. I love, them. I love a chart, but you know, but it, like when he was doing it, when it was novel, I was like, Oh, I, that's really cool. But now it's like, here's, here's some meaningless conversation done as like a, a memo bullet point between like beast and forge. It's like, how about you do something interesting in a comic rather than make me read print. I don't want to read it. I want to, I want to see it. I want to see this comic book. I want something to be interesting. Absolutely. So, so I, I am excited to see old X Factor with Beast in that really weird slash appealing like brown costume. I don't know oh, why I it love works. It. I love it. it. Brown and blue. Sucks, Who knew? <laughs> but it, it's, it's so ugly, but it totally works. So I'm like, yeah, it looks great. All right. Cool. Well, nothing says superhero like brown, though. Right? 
Oh my god, brown, yellow, and blue. He looks ridiculous, like a full body. Like, oh, I love it. Like it does. It only looks like like it's like it's weird for beasts. Like the Jim Lee like speedo era made so much sense, uh, you know, in, in earlier too, like the George Press stuff. Like it's it makes sense, but when you put him in like a full costume, that's when you realize, oh, these costumes don't make any sense. Like yeah. they look yeah. like that's the full body co- condom look. Like. Not you know, the worst like, beast, ooh, though. Well, the worst beast, probably the beast with the metal legs. That was just stupid. I don't know what they were doing there. God. The the, the worst is the is the, um, the metal when, legs. Uh, when uh, Joss Whedon made. Uh, oh, yeah. John Cassidy I take that back. That, like, the John Cassidy that, beast. Oh, my God. That was oh, shocking. with like the uh, with like the um, the deep, the deep V waistband. <laughs> That yeah. that would have needed those like 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 the the nipple tape to hold it up because how would it hold up? Yeah, it's insane, totally insane. It, it makes <laughs> it, it is a, it is not only like compl- I mean, you talk about like Huntress has impractical costumes. Like right. Beast is known for like acrobatics, and this thing is the least practical <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, the fact that it's not around his ankles all the time makes no sense because um, it's not hold. It's not you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awful. But yeah. um, but the brown costume, like I was looking at it yesterday, like it's weird that it works, but it totally works. And then um, yeah, it's fun. I, I don't know. I'm excited for the Brett Booth stuff that's coming up soon. Um, with you know, even because I don't care about the plot, I just want to. I, I want to like bathe in the nostalgia. Like, g- give me that era. Give me yeah. the cool like. Cyclops in a, in a good costume rather than decades of awful costumes he's had at this point. And this is the way um, to do it too. I mean, when you do like an untold tales book like this or legends or something where like it can take place anywhere and it doesn't matter. And we'll just remember that run that you enjoyed when you were younger. These creators have another story to tell there as opposed to just like throwing out a mini series. that doesn't make any sense, you know? And like, Oh, it, it could be now. It could be yesterday. It's not important. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Like, I don't setting know. it, yeah, I just setting this. it in like, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they could even do it. It's X years in the past. Ooh, surprise me. Let's find out how many years ago it was. Um, I think that looks really fun. Um, the for the question of the week, I have been pretty fried lately, so I can't like remember anything. But um, not surprisingly, what I can remember is that it's pretty crazy that in the first Wild, uh, Wildcats miniseries that there was the whole subplot that the vice president was an alien. Yeah. Yep. Because, um, Dan Quayle, who I remember being like, you know, 11 and him in, you know, it was like 1991. Oh yeah. Dan Quayle. He was a potato thing. And yeah. And he, he, he was like a, he was a, you know, a very quaint national joke rather than a, you know, a national joke slash nightmare. Yeah. He was, Um, but he was vegetable lasagna. He was harmless. Yeah. He was, yeah, it was just funny. And so there was that whole plot of like, he the actual vice president was um inhabited by a daemonite mm-hmm. and so they had the the daemonites <laughs> had a, a mole in the government and they and you don't know who it is and then you find out in like issue three that it's it's dan quayle and it's just it's a really funny like it's it's like in the time it's like so topical it's like mike pence is an alien like they they did it in such an interesting way um and like in one of the last pages of the the issue four is like they're selling, you know, someone's selling some rag newspaper and it's like, Dan Quayle's an alien and, and you know, Lynch <laughs> buys it and it's like, oh, if only you knew. And it's like, yeah, he was, he was, he was inhabited by like a four-armed drooling alien, like crazy. So oh, yeah, it was a fun conspiracy in that little, in that little story. But that would be the kind of conspiracy that would make me feel better about what's going on today. 
you know? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, where you could just like you can just look back and go, oh, you know what? Okay, it was an alien using it mind all control. Makes sense now. That makes way more sense, you know? <laughs> you, you mean a, a real conspiracy rather than just half the population thinking that yes, a, yes. a real conspiracy? I would yeah, prefer yeah. there was a real conspiracy as opposed to the yeah. really bad fan fiction that people are chasing these days. So <laughs> Yeah. No, it, it's uh yeah, that that was. I was just. I remember like the Dan Quayle thing. It was funny. Um, <laughs> and, and the story's pretty coherent. Like it, it makes. It, it's a. It's a. It is a lot to swallow in four issues of like, plotting, and setting up this whole universe. And I think they did a pretty good job. And but also nothing new. Like I mean, how many times did we had scroll invasions? And what was the DC guys that they they were like the scrolls that came and took over everybody? I can't remember. Uh, oh, the, the DC characters. There's a race of aliens. They invaded. Was it Manhunters that for a while or something? Or well, there's, there's oh, that like was in the eighties. They were like sleeper agents. Yeah, were they Manhunters? Well, I mean, there's the like the Dominators, but Domin- they're, they're not really shapeshifters. Okay, but they're I think they're telepaths, right? Are they they took over telepathically? I think I think Matt is thinking of the Manhunters, where uh, like they, it was revealed. It was like the second big uh, crossover after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, where it was revealed that the um, the the Manhunters had uh, sleeper agents planted all over the DC universe. Yes. Like Lana Lang was one of yes. them. Uh, Wally West's dad was one of them. Um, but yeah, they weren't like they weren't like taking people's places. They were like like Manchurian, you know. Okay. They were just like sleeper agents or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. gotcha, gotcha. I see someone trying to call. Call me right now, and we'll get you in. So they were desperately trying to get in here. Brian, always good to talk to you, man. Dan yeah, Quayle may or may not have been an alien, but <laughs> it was a good story. It was fun. Bye, Brian. <laughs> okay, caller, I see you. 617-872. I'm calling him. Screw it. I'm calling you. What do you think of that? We'll see what happens. Hello? Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? This is James Kaplan. How are you? James Kaplan. Hey, well, James. How are you, buddy? It's weird when we call you and then say thank you for calling, right? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, well, th- you know what? Thank you for calling. Hey, it's, what, it's all we can do, <clears throat> right? <laughs> what do you want to rap about? How are you guys about? doing today? Good. We're good. We're good. I'm wearing my what? red, white, and blue uh, sweatband because it's a rough week for America, but we're not talking about that. We are here to escape. Fair. And think about fake bullshit that we can scream about instead. So <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm wearing brown, enough. which we decided is the ideal color for superhero outfits. Yes, it's true. Nothing says superhero like brown. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a choice. That's a choice. Hey. Um, so I, I don't have um, a great answer for the question of the week, but I was, I was sort of a week behind. I was actually just going to call and kind of give some of my favorites of 2020, which, yeah. you know, was a terrible... Terrible year for, you know, literally everything else, but was an excellent year for comics. It was um, definitely so. a great year to sit back and read comics and not think about anything else. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like for like favorite writer, I was I was going. It's, I mean, it's hard for me to ever choose anyone other than Hickman. But um, I think I would go Al Ewing just because like Immortal Hulk continues to be incredible and um we only find them when they're dead was amazing oh, so yeah. far. And, you know, I empire plus the empire X-Men stuff he wrote, like 
like I, I didn't think it was incredible. It was very entertaining. So I was like, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Ewing as far as um, writer of the year. Um, Definitely. He's just he's just somebody I trust these days. Like I'm like, look, if he's if he's writing it, I'm like, well, it's at least it's going to be it's not going to be dumb and it's going to be interesting. I so, feel like that's a good question of the week. Like, are there still names that you trust? when you see him on a comic, like, are there still names out there where it's just like, yep, if that guy's writing it or if that guy's drawing it or that girl's I mean, working on it, I mean, I'm in. Of course, of course there are. Who, who would, who would say no to that? I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that have proven they can't be trusted as much anymore. But you, you know? think that there are, you think that there are comic fans out there that are like, that's it. I don't trust any of these assholes anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked to people that are like, I'm done with this Hickman crap. I'm out. I used to love that guy. I am done. You know, I mean, I think it happens more than more than we think. I, well, I'm still on the Hickman train. So, I am you know, too. Um, I am too. He's definitely a name I trust. I mean, like, like, I guess I would say like, if, um, like if Frank quietly is drawing something, I- I'm going to pick it up. Like, yeah. I'm going to assume that like that guy has really good judgment and taste. So I'm like, if he's, if he tr- looks at something and says, yeah, this is worth my time. Then I'll say, yeah, it's worth my time. So, um, you know, and I, I, I feel pretty similarly about the all reds. Like if they decide to do a project, like, yeah, I, I mean, at least it's going to, if nothing else, it's going to look really cool. Yeah. It's, it's not always incredible. It's so. not always going to read like what that atomic robot that they're working on. It's fun. It's fun. And it's really pretty to look at. I'm not going to say it's the most cohesive of stories <laughs> yeah, yeah no i read that the like x-ray robot or yeah, whatever i'm sorry it was. x-ray yeah, no, robot i read yeah. it and like like I, I can't tell you what is going on in the story yeah but like but it looks fucking cool like it looks really cool it's amazing um yeah well, I, I love the art um, is incredible yeah yeah um but actually speaking of the all reds they did you know i mean this is a relatively small category but last year saw several really great graphic biographies. Like I know you talked about the Jack Kirby one, mm-hmm. which was definitely mm-hmm. among my favorite books. Um, but also the all reds and Steve Horton did a David Bowie biography or it wasn't like his whole life, but oh, it was yeah. like, yeah, or it was kind that book was amazing. That was, that, was such a cool book. And was like that last any, year or was Bowie that a couple fan. years ago? No, no, it was like, like, I know it feels like 2020 was like 10 years, but it like, I, I remember because I re- I wrote a review of it and it came out in like, January it's of Wednesday 2020 or something. Which, okay. Which, okay. Which feels again. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it was 10 years ago, yeah, no but, doubt. um, but I mean, frankly, like last weekend feels like it was 10 years ago. So, you know, that's true. Time, time has, time has lost all meaning, I guess. Um, for my favorite, like overall series, it's tough to pick, or I mean, for like favorite book or favorite single book. I mean, I was thinking like blue and green. I forget if you guys read that one, but that was pretty amazing. Yes, it um, was incredible. That was my yeah. that was my uh, trade paperback of the year. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, and I love that. But there was also like there was some other like like I definitely loved um, Pulp, the Brubaker Phillips um, Western crime book that they did, um, and also um, I forget if you guys talked about this, but um, the Ryan North Albert Monty's adaptation of Slaughterhouse Five was amazing. I, I mean, like, frankly, been, it, I didn't know I've that been was wanting a thing. to read that. It's so good. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, Albert Montes is an amazing cartoonist. And obviously, you know, I mean, they're working, working from excellent source material. But like Ryan North, of course, is obviously a, a super good writer. Yeah. And I'll say you don't have to have read Slaughterhouses 1 through 4. You can totally pick it up with Slaughterhouse 5. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That, I was always intimidated because yeah, yeah. people tell me, well, why don't you get through three? It really picks up steam, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Right. it's I mean, like the like, Fast, it's and, like and the and Fast four, and the Furious yeah, movies, right? Yeah. You just start with life. I mean, Slaughterhouse-Four, I mean, like, when he fights the Russian, like, it's a little bit... um over the top, but like, you know, but five is, is excellent. So, <laughs> so uh, I um, do think you need to, I do think you need to, uh, read slaughterhouse Tokyo drift just because there's some yeah. key stuff that, comes <laughs> but you back read it after five, you got to go one, two, four, five, and then three. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want it to make sense, so <laughs> James, right. thank exactly. you. Good um, to talk to you. The- yeah. Oh, can can I just give you one, oh, yeah, one yeah, or yeah. two Please. other ones? Quick. Please. Um, um. So, like for favorite new series, I I was looking at um, um, Decorum was probably my favorite one. Um, just because a I love Hickman. I don't know if you got like like the art is insane, and that actually leads to like my favorite artist. I think last year was Mike Huddleston, which I have to confess Man. before Decorum, like I never heard of him, but he's like like that first issue just blew me away because I'm like, wait a minute, so. Like in one issue, I just remember I'm like, okay, these pages are like, look like, you know, Marco Rudy artwork. These pages look like Matteo Scalera. Yeah. These pages look like, you know, Michael Gatos or Becky Clune. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's got like, he's like five artists rolled into one. Like it was just, inc- it's incredible work. Joe and I have been screaming about that guy for a long time. And he's one of those guys mm-hmm. that I think he would be way more famous, but I think he's very slow. I think his process is slow. S- I mean, yeah, like, I, like, like I literally can't remember so the last detail. thing. Yeah, I like I remember his name on. Uh, it, the last thing I remember his name on is uh, that um, uh, that Joe Kelly book, Butcher, Butcher, ba- Baker. Butcher Baker. Oh, Butcher Baker. Yeah, that's right. That yeah. was him. Right. I forgot. Which, but that was which years I finally ago. I read I read this past year and I'm like, <laughs> that's a crazy series. That's oh, that's a fun one. That was that's so good. It was so much fun. Um. Yeah, no, so he, like, I think Mike Huddleston would probably be my favorite artist just because, like, he was just doing stuff. I'm like, I swear to God, is he not, like, a collective of, like, five artists? Like, he's just one guy. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak. And he, (laughs) like, he is so talented that he can do, he can change his style and still be just as good as other freaks that only do one style. You know what I mean? Right. right. The guy's nuts. He's wildly talented. Love that dude. James, good to talk to you, man. Always. I'm glad we called you you back. Thank you for fighting through. Thank you, James. Thank, well, thank you. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye now. Oh. Uh, I, I just saw Rob Bloom's comment in the thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> referring to the monkey for nothing. Video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, you do look like Mark Knopfler in that headband. That's fine with me, man. Mark Knopfler's a hell of a guitar player. But uh, Speaking of uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, last week I, uh, I've, been on this, uh, I've been on this like 80s movie kick. You know, it's just something fun to have on in the background while I work. Sure. I just watched Remo Williams the other day. It was great. Oh, shit. That, I, had, <laughs> I need to add that to my list. Not a good movie. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, uh, super racist. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but uh, I rewatched Back to School uh, with Rodney Dangerfield for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years. Nice. And uh, the second James brought up Slaughterhouse-Five and Ryan North, uh the first thought into my head was whoever wrote this doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> Adam Wednesday in the Facebook chat, he's got a comic conspiracy. He said one of his favorite conspiracies is Crazy Jane and Ragged Robin are one in the same. Semi-related, fun fact, Grant Morrison's Kill Your Boyfriend takes place in the Invisibles universe. I have not read either. So. I did not know that. 
And I know who Crazy Jane is. Who is Ragged Robin? I don't know. I don't know no Ragged Robin. Oh, wait. Crazy Jane. Is Ragged Robin from The Invisibles? I don't know. Crazy Jane is definitely from Doom Patrol, though. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Talk to us, Adam Wednesday. I don't know. Let us know. Right now, let's go to JD Gotta Catch. I'm asking to unmute you, sir. Yes, Ragged Robin is from The Invisibles. Ragged Robin yes, is from The Invisibles. You. Okay. He, he beat so Google crossover Google. from The Invisibles to Doom Patrol as well. Possibly. Yeah, Ragged Robin is a time-traveling witch. Oh, my. Uh, she's the one with the red hair and paints her face white. Oh, yeah, yeah. gotcha. That's right. Okay. I just remembered her as Robin. She's Sorry. also King Mob's girlfriend through most of the series. Yes. Yes. Love the Invisibles, but don't ask me to tell Obviously. you what it's about. <laughs> Obviously, that might, your, your fandom is just, you wear it on your sleeve. I remember she was Robin. I don't remember calling him Ragged Robin, honestly. Yeah. I just don't remember it. So uh, I just finished the, this week's show last night, and I wanted to speak to something you said, Matt, at the very end. You were talking about the King and Black crossovers, and you mentioned Gwenum. Yes. And you said it's something that they have to create. Yeah, too late. Uh, it, the current ghost spider right now is powered by a symbiote has been for about three years now. Really? What? Yes. That's ghost huh. spiders jam. She's, she's a symbiote. Yep. No. Yeah. Shit. Not only is Gwen, not only is Gwen or spider Gwen, a alternate universe where the spider bit Gwen instead of Peter, but also in the course of her being spider woman, she was taken over by the venom symbiote. And instead of letting it, get out of control and rejecting it and attaching to someone else becoming a villain. She fucking tamed it. Huh? I did not know that was part of the deal with the help of an evil Matt Murdock. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like you're spouting your favorite comic book conspiracy theory, to be honest. (laughs) No, it's just an alternate universe. (laughs) All right. That's just, that's just Earth 65, man. Is ghost spider still going on? I don't even know. Yes. Okay. I did not know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually notes. a really good book. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I, you're not the only person to tell me that. I've heard, I have heard that. I just, I don't know that I care about that character and maybe I need to get over it and just give it a chance, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it depends on your your threshold for alternate universes and being able to go, that doesn't make sense or, you know, that, that doesn't seem right or that's not my character, blah, 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 blah. That actually ties into my answer of the week, which is um, my favorite conspiracy theory is that back in the early aughts uh earth 1610 was supposed to was supposed to replace the 616 i do remember that i remember when the ultimate the ultimate line of comics was supposed to just slowly yep eclipse the main line and they were going to stop publishing the regular books i remember that because i remember people coming into the comic shop and they were like i will cancel my entire poll file. I will never read comics again. Like, and we were all just like, dude, they're not going to do that. <laughs> like, are you serious? They did. It, your old books aren't going away. Right. It, it, it's, it, there's very little difference between, uh, I don't know. Well, it's like, I, okay. I, I get so, so tired. Ultimate Spider-Man was probably the number one selling book for a while yeah. there, you know, in the yeah. top 500, whatever. But right behind it was X-Men. You know, they're not yeah. going to cancel that and be like, sorry, it's all Ultimate X-Men now, which is right. probably like the number 15 highest selling book or 20, because Ultimate X-Men was never as hot as Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, like, no, settle down. <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you've you've heard me say this before. Mm. I, I, I just, my my biggest 
my biggest wish is that uh, one of the big two would just have the courage to just shake the etch sketch don't you think they've shaken the etch sketch enough though i mean like no really because every time they do they they give in to the vocal minority of whining fanboys and walk it back I mean, I suppose, but like DC has been shaking the Etch-A-Sketch regularly for, what, 10 years now? Mm, have they, though? Really? I would argue they keep restarting and then going back and soft restarting. But they always hold on to something. They always hold on to Batman. They always hold on to Green Lantern. Yeah, no, he's right. And it's all, it's all, even when it's different, it's the same. It's just, yeah. you know. It's a different shade of brown. Yeah, <laughs> different yeah, shade exactly. of brown. <laughs> what can brown do for you? A hazy shade uh, of brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I, I've been screaming for, for years now that I think Marvel should have just been, I mean, we should have a Marvel universe in which Miles is Spider-Man, Sam is Cap, and that should have stuck. We shouldn't have walked those back. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I know it's easy to, and I know that they're out there, and I, I know that it's easy to blame these companies for kowtowing to the vocal part of the fan base. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we are never going to see a, 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 a permanent big two universe where Bruce Wayne is not Batman, where yeah. Clark Kent is not Superman, where Peter Parker is uh, not Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, because they are billion dollar franchises. <laughs> so that's true. But at the, at the same, even miles, like, like I think it's, it's a miracle that miles caught on as much as he did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that character would have just gone away. I think there's right. an, a real argument that without into the spider verse, we're not reading about miles anymore. Like without that movie, Weird, well, but, not. but they brought him into the main 616 before Spider-Verse. No, I know. Yeah, no, this is. But uh, they had like, plans and stuff. And I mean, would it have really stuck around? Oh, yeah. You know would, what? I, would they have just canceled that book? Or right. Just let it it, it would have fallen off. Otherwise. And we, and Miles would be a memory, you know, like. Yeah. Like spoiler or something over at Batman, you know. But, right, right, right. But I also I mean, think. I, I, I do a, think that. I do think that Miles was popular enough amongst comic fans that he was hanging on. But now he's in the mainstream. Right. You got a video game. You got an Oscar, yeah. an Oscar award winning film. I mean, yeah. right, right, right. Definitely. <clears throat> uh, but yeah. what about well, on I mean, the other side of that? When we look at like this new DC that we're living mm-hmm. in where they're like, all right, JD, we'll shake the Etch-A-Sketch, but we're going to shake all the Etch-A-Sketches and all the realities and you can have it mm-hmm. all. Is that a good answer? Do you feel good about that? Where If it's good stories. Okay, fair enough. I mean, if they're good stories and we're getting something new that is not just a rehash or retread and that's fair, gives me something visually interesting and thematically interesting that goes, oh, that's different. That's taking this theme and turning it on its head and, you know, moving, you know, just twisting it to the left a little bit so that it's this much different that i dig that stuff now i understand that's just my taste though yeah you know i love you know because even going back i mean i loved amalgam comics i loved you know uh alt- you know obviously i've been a huge ultimates fan forever but uh you know i love any elseworlds elseworlds is what got me into comics i mean gotham by gaslight was the very first mcnola book i ever read absolutely you oh, know yeah. and, and it was my favorite batman for a long time oh yeah oh yeah i, I, I love know, a I love good amaglam 
I love Elseworlds I'm, so much, but I liked Elseworlds because it was just like, that was that one place, I guess. Yeah. You know, where like, I knew what it was, I knew the rules, and it was going to tell a story and it would be done. And now we have so many places where that's going on in right. DC that it just, it bothers me. I'm not going to go into yeah, my, my rant that. about it, but it bothers me. And now it's like, oh, the whole universe is going to be like this. This is what we're doing. Oh, and the movies. Oh, and the TV shows. It's all yeah. just like, we're just going to throw it. What it boils down to but is- But look, Matt, I think that's maybe why I don't like DC. DC's <laughs> multiverse has always been around. I, yeah. No, I'm not always saying it hasn't. Been a thing. I'm not saying it hasn't. I'm saying it has now become so meta because WB is so- obsessed with the Marvel brand and what Marvel has done that they're right. putting this multiverse band-aid over everything over the entire brand. And I don't know. I think, I think with Marvel though, MCU, I think we have a bet. I have a better chance of seeing a legacy, a legacy line story in the MCU than I do in the comics. I feel like I agree because I think the average viewer is more, is more accepting of, oh, well, Cap is too old and moved on, so we're going to have Sam. You know, yeah, oh, you know, I agree. And, you know, we're going to get Kate here soon. Speaking of which, that Kelly Thompson short that was online. It was great. Oh, that my was God, just fucking it was amazing. Great. It was like a prose piece that Kelly yeah. Thompson wrote uh, about uh, Kate Bishop as Hawkeye, and it was great <laughs> and it was basically a take on rear window yeah it was like kate had broken her leg and she spies yeah. what she thinks is a murder and so it's fantastic <laughs> oh yeah it was, and i i checked out the audio version on the on the podcast and it's it was really good too because they had like actors doing voices and stuff oh i didn't know there was an oh, audio fun. version link to that That's drop cool. that in there definitely yeah um, JD, you also posted something in the fan group about how they had cast some further young Avengers and it yes. does in fact look yeah. like we are moving towards yeah. a young Avengers. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's official casting, was it? I think it's Yes, it is official casting, but all oh. they've all they've linked him to is the civilian identity. Right. Uh, Elijah Bradley. The the word patriot hasn't come up yet. But, so, and they've done that kind of stuff before where they've had, you know, oh, this, you know, background character that they say is this character and it's I just an like, Easter egg. I feel like the Marvel movies are yeah, less you know, guilty It's just that, like, though. but that's like, you know what? You don't put out a, you don't put out a movie with a young Monica Rambeau. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Without, not expect that to pay off when they come back to the present day. Right. Especially when her mom's call sign was photon. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> All right, JD, we got some other people that are itching to get in here. It's good to talk to you, man. Talk to you later, guys. All right. Have a good one. Bye, bud. Jim, back for more. I, I like we abused the hell out of him last week. And somehow he still figured out a way to like have his camera on when he came in. I got to figure out what this freaking hacker dude is doing, but I'm asking to unmute him. Jim, are you with us? I believe he prefers. There Jim he is. Well, you, you, can, you can say whatever. You know, JD, what I'm going to say to you, if you ever want to read stuff that has beginning, middle and ends. <laughs> There's a whole plethora of manga with no reset button. Oh, he's, here we go. No, and no crossovers. You know what? No crossovers or anything. He's absolutely right. <laughs> that exists. That comic world totally exists. And it totally it is in a magic world called Japan where they yeah. understand that people can pay attention for more than five or ten issues. Hey, man, look, <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where President Dad can't accidentally meet the Prince of Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. So for, I thought about doing the, the, the most craziest thing for conspiracy theories that no one's going to understand, but I'm going to go with it. Go for it. So in Black Clover, which is pretty good, uh, there's a character, uh, and we think he, the, th the conspiracy is that he has been isekai 
into the black hole of her universe. Okay, time out. So, time out. Yeah, isekai. What, what does isekai mean? So isekai is a very popular term with people like me that you take a character from like the real world and you insert them into another world. It's usually like a game world. Okay, like Samurai um, Jim Belushi, for example, in the right. pages of, of Spider-Man. Right. Okay. So <laughs> this one, the, the, the conspiracy is that this this uh, be, the best character in the story, not the lead character, but he has been isekai'd from uh, our world into this Black Clover uh, manga is the running theory because oh. he smokes cigarettes that no one else does. He has a katana that no one else has, and he comments like, I was on a ship one day and a big storm, and then I crashed on this place. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of a meta joke because if you look at new anime every year, it's like five or six different isekai shitty stuff that no one likes but but they do hot. this stuff a lot is what you're saying oh, they they do it a lot in anime it's not really common in the, in the comics manga but it's funny that that theory is really prevalent because i think the author is having fun with it right like a comment on it that's what we think that that, that is my that is my best funnest most enjoyable theory fair enough uh, let me ask you this do i need yeah. to watch i'm not going to read black clover i i just don't have time do i need to watch Black Clover. Uh, there's other stuff to watch. Black Clover is, I would say, it's never bad. It's very standard with a few jumps. Okay. It there's other there's other stuff to watch. Okay, I, I mean, fair enough. It looked yeah. interesting, but like you know, I'm watching other stuff right now. So the the, the battle system is really good. Um, the characters are really fun, and it's a good time. It's okay. Not like oh my god, you gotta beat this. But fair it's, <laughs> fair it's, enough. It's it's, it's 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 fun. It's fun. Fair so, enough, Jim. I appreciate your uh, weird manga conspiracy theory and i appreciate you coming back to keep preaching this word because you're right we're sitting here bitching and moaning about oh they're shaking my comics up and they're doing this and whatever whereas like you have books that have run a thousand issues you know and paid right, very dude. close attention to their continuity and their history and everything that's going on in their universe yeah. and uh for some reason we ignore it and and that's and that's why they sell i i don't know I don't know. Yeah, so I need to do one, it. I need one to piece, one piece has surpassed Detective Comics and it'll soon I think this year or next year he'll, he'll the total volumes will will outsell uh Action Comics which is still the number one like overall. See, I thought One Piece already blew it away, but I didn't know that. Like 2 years ago it was Detective but like Action Comics is such a long history. It, right. It, it's it was close. I mean it's going to. And when did One Piece <laughs> premiere? Uh 93? Okay, 1993 and Action Comics. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, whatever. Then I'll yeah. tell you how many issues these guys are cranking out. <laughs> that's, yeah. in, that's impressive. So. Yeah, so, well, there, there you go. You know, any time you guys want to jump over to the side of non-crossover, full storytelling, people stay dead, you know, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Fair enough. I appreciate that, Jim. And I'm going to have you suggest, I'm not going to read One Piece because it's not my jam. I tried, but I am going to have you suggest one for me, and I'm going to start reading it, and I will keep you posted. All right, I'll, 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 all right, let me think about something. Then. Kick that around. Call me right. next week. Suggest right. one, and I'm going to read it. There we go. Okay. Done. Okay. All good, right. Good to talk to you, man. Always. Later, guys. Take care. Joe Patrick is having some technical issues. I think he fell off the toilet that he was sitting on, but as soon as he climbs back on it, he'll be back. For now, I'm asking to unmute Mr. Frank Cirillo. Hello, how are you today? Frank, I didn't realize how gorgeous you were until I saw this picture of you on your Zoom avatar. You're beautiful. I'm very beautiful, thank you. 
this is, I guess this is my wife's account. So <laughs> oh, okay. there, I don't know. I just, Hey, maybe Frank's a pretty lady. I'm not judging. You know, it's 2021, man. I'm my, my mind is like a parachute. It's wide open. All right. So <laughs> what did you want to rap what about, sir? About? What are we talking about? Oh, I want to talk about Star Trek. I want to talk about the final episode of discovery. How do you feel? Uh, how do you feel? Do you anything? Let's just, before you get into it, how do you feel? How do I feel about it? Yeah, I felt a little weird. Um, okay, so I was, I was reminded very much of the last episode of the first season. And with the voiceover at the very end, how Michael Burnham does this whole thing where she's talking about like everything that's, that's transpired and everything that's to come. And so it was like, it kind of calls back to that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it, it, there was a lot of stuff that they set up that I really, that really came through. I thought that the, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give a lot away. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. No I, major I, spoilers. I, we can do that next week oh. when people have a little more time. Okay. Do you okay. feel that it was a little abrupt without spoiling anything? Um, it ended real quick. Yes. That's it where I was at. I was just I like, was, okay, I got to watch the final episode now. <laughs> as soon as it was done, I was like, oh shit, I wait was, a minute. That was the final episode. <laughs> when I turned it on, I checked the times to the time on it. And I was like, it's only an hour long. Yeah. This can't be the final episode. There was so much, cause there was so much going on. Yeah. They, they crammed in like two to three episodes of Definitely. content into one episode. Definitely. I, I easily could have watched three more episodes. And I'm wondering how much COVID had to do with this because we, we know they were filming some stuff when COVID had started and they definitely made some choices that they had to make because of, you know, the way that COVID was affecting the entire business. Right. But I, 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 I can only it. assume that was part of it because I'm not going to say like, Oh, it was terrible. It was garbage. No, no, yeah, not no. saying that at all. I it, honestly, I was, I was extremely satisfied with, with the, the conclusion of the story. I wanted there to be a little more going on. Like some stuff just seemed like, wait a minute. What? Wait, 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 let me, let me rewind that. Cause did I just miss something? And I felt like I, there was missing pieces. Yeah. And it seemed like there could have been, it seemed like there could have been another, like I said, at least two more episodes easily. Yeah, no, definitely. And like I said, I think, I don't know. And perhaps this is my nerdy conspiracy theory, but I think it was COVID related. Eh, I would, I, you know, I, I would say you're probably right. Because they've been too good. It, like this season has been way too good. Yeah. And again, this was not bad. I didn't hate no, it no, or no. anything. I, I thought the season was fantastic. It was just and very a abrupt. Lot of, a lot of people, like, they, they got on like, oh, too much, too much Emperor Giorgio or too much of Michael Burnham doing this. I really thought it was a well, everything was well paced. I liked the storyline with Giorgio. I loved I thought it. That, I loved it. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was really, it was a nice arc for her from like, the end of first season to the, to the, you know, the middle of third season. And it brought her along this journey and she ultimately, she changed so much. She couldn't even exist in her own reality. Yeah. Which was fantastic. You know? And I think, I think they were, there was a lot of stuff in there. They were talking about and relating back to what's happening in America. You know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think like the whole thing with, Starfleet and the way it was separated was they, they were talking about COVID. They were talking about, Oh, the, the definitely the, the yeah. burn and all that. I mean, yeah, the burn yeah. definitely. Yeah. 
well, you know, a lot of the conspiracy was okay. So I'll 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 just mention it because I know it's a conspiracy show. But the conspiracy was that Michael Burnham caused the burn. That's why it was called the burn. You know, I was like, no, uh, that's dumb. Wah, wah. <laughs> like oh, <laughs> like they go and they like wipe something off that says burn, and on the end is H A M. Oh my God, it wasn't the burn. <laughs> that's it was like the a- burn ham. <laughs> like V'ger in uh, Star Trek One is actually Voyager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, right. I, I really, I really. So I'm, I'm gonna say that I, I, I want them to do stuff in the next season that kind of like goes back and maybe fills some stuff in. You know, my one of since I'm a kid, since I'm, a, since I'm a dirty, stinky little kid, I wanted <laughs> to know more about the Doomsday Machine. You know, and it just. It never transpired. It's such a it's such a great like mystery, right? And and like you know the, the one of the one of the books covered it where it was said it was that was a, a device designed to uh, destroy the Borg, you know. And and like okay, you know I could see that. I don't know the could, Doomsday Machine. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Oh, the giant cornucopia of doom from the original series. I don't recall. It's Moby Dick. It's it's Moby. It's it's literally a Moby Dick episode of Star Trek. Oh, um, there's a giant con, like conical space thing. It's I vaguely a, remember this now. Yes, I vaguely remember it's this. One of my favorite episodes. Okay, I've and nothing's ever been done to like say. Well, you know, there was like I said, there was one book, and I think Peter David wrote it. Um, and it was like one book and that was it. And there was stuff in game in, in the Star Trek game, there's stuff in the Star Trek video games, there's stuff. I mean, when I say the Star Trek game, I mean the, um, the, the old role play game, right? Uh, there's, there's stuff in starts some Star Trek video games about it, but there's nothing that Star Trek has ever done about it. Frank, you know, you know why I love you? And I'm just going to come out and tell everybody, <laughs> I love you because every time I think you cannot become a bigger star trek nerd you blow me away with your <laughs> level you of star trek nerd fandom <laughs> it's stunning I, I, I told you this i told you this a long time ago <laughs> I, I well maybe not a long time maybe like four weeks ago I people said, tell me they're I nerds love, all the time i'm like uh-huh okay I, <laughs> I love star wars i know a lot about star wars but i am i am a star trek nerd through and through it is impressive sir it is I have, I have absolutely seen every, impressive i have seen every episode of star wars of star trek multiple times with the exception of Discovery, because it only just came out. Right. Fair enough. Um, and I will see, watch it again. I'm, I'm in the middle of a rewatch of season two right now with a friend of mine. Okay. So yeah. final yeah. thought. I, re- on- I rewatched it all before season three started and it oh. was great. Final oh, thought on the final episode. And Joe, you yeah. weren't here because you had a problem. We're not giving out spoilers in the final episode yet. But I- was there anything that happened at all that you feel leads into any of these rumors of the other Star Trek shows that were supposed to happen or is that just gone no i, I think they're still there um i i don't think well the uh, brave new worlds that's not a rumor that's happening we know that's happening but i mean like the, um, the section the, the other the other rumored um we talked about this after that after that episode aired uh, when frank called um when they sent Giorgio back to the past, you know, we, we discussed how we were confused because of the rumor that she was going to lead a section 31 show. Yeah. And how is that going to happen if they, you know, sent her back 
in time. No, <laughs> no. How's like, that going to happen if they're 900 years in the future and there's barely a federation? Yeah. And that that episode kind of addressed that. It's like, oh, well, they sent her back. Yeah. They sent her back to 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 her correct time, yeah. essentially. Not her correct place. So, because not said, her correct place. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. Um, but her correct time. So, like the that door is still open if they want to do that. I guess. Um, um, I guess. And again, this goes back to my thoughts that COVID screwed up a bunch of stuff for pre-production, and so they did what they could do with the season and did a great job. I just felt like it ended pretty abruptly. Oh, I see. I don't think it ended abruptly necessarily, but I do feel like it ended on such a note that if this was the final episode, like, I was like, oh, like this, this, this feels like it could be a series finale. Yeah, almost. But, um, but it's not, it's confirmed that it's not, but like, I was like, oh man, like they also crammed quite a bit in there. This is a very definitive conclusion to this arc and all of the characters are in a, a, a certain place and yeah I'm, I'm, I will definitely talk to you guys next week in, in a little more detail but I, I felt I was saying before I felt that like this season this the end of that season that speech that Michael Burnham gave was very reminiscent of the season one speech that Michael Burnham gave yeah you know yeah. And I, yeah, it's got, they're, they're setting up a lot, but I did feel like certain things and I'll talk more about it next week. Cause I don't want to give anything out, but certain things struck me as th- this needs more. I want more of this. How did this happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I was at. I, I can speculate. I can kind of like, you know, I could, I know how to, you know, add, you know, take, take point A to, and go to point C, you know, go, go through point B, but I'm, you know, I'm, I wanted to see it though. I wanted to see it happen. That's, that's, I think what what kind of um i mean and matt means and yeah and and this almost felt like the safe ending and i'm not saying this was the case but it almost feels like the safe ending just in case we don't get renewed (laughs) you know i think they knew they were renewed they they did but like the way they ended it felt like that sort of like there you go that's the story of star trek discovery the end yeah (laughs) so it's gonna be really interesting because in the in in the beginning everyone was like oh another star trek prequel great but yeah. it turned out to not be a prequel at all. It's now about, you know, the, the future again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy with, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I'm happy with the, with the direction that it's gone in. Definitely. And, and I, and I really honestly cannot wait until like next year to see this. It's going to be fantastic. Well, Frank, come back next week and we'll yeah. talk some spoilerific Definitely. stuff. Definitely. All right, brother. Good to talk to you. All right. Peace out. Bye Frank. David Robbins. Speak to me, baby. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. How are we? Uh, good. It's been a quiet week in the news, so not much happening. Yeah, no, not really, uh, right? <laughs> nope. Just good old quiet way to start the year. So <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. My my seven day try I take my seven day trial of twenty twenty one and I'd like to cancel my subscription, please. Yeah, yeah. That's what I somebody else had said, like, man, did you watch the finale of America this week? God, that was really poorly written and poorly thought out and like just bad i can't believe they ended it this way <laughs> uh there's a there's um there's a comedy documentary on netflix uh done by the black mirror people called uh death to 2020 yeah it was wonderful it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they make that joke on, on that show. There's this like clueless British lady 
It's like, yeah, I've been stuck inside and I've watched everything on Netflix, but I found this new show called America. Yeah, it's like I started binging this new show called America. It's like, hey. it's bonkers. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Check that out. Like, is, uh, this the, is this the series finale? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a good joke this morning and that'll be the last uh, word on, on this topic today. Uh, what's the difference between the Capitol and Mordor? No oh boy. One does not simply walk into Mordor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yep. All right, I can't take credit for that. I saw that and I was like, that's perfect. That is lovely. Let's talk about uh, anything else now, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is fantastic. Cobra Kai. Oh my uh, God. Season three. It's so um, good. So good. And. Like, are we, are, are we spoilery territory at this point? Do we care? Like, should I uh, watch what I say? What, what's the deal? I, I mean, I don't know. Let's be fair because it is relatively new, but I, don't I know have not seen it and I okay. plan to. So I will I say Cobra Kai has done such fair. a great job. It, it It's not like they're not trying, but it feels like they're just very gently telling this story and they're not trying that hard to like hit you in the gut or go yeah. for, you know, your old karate kid feelings or anything, but they totally are. <laughs> Absolutely. So good. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, um, and the, the, like the biggest question I had when the show first started, like, cause I, I've been a champion of the show since it started on YouTube red. Like I've, I've been like preaching it to everybody saying how it's so much better than it has any right to be. Yeah. And it is you cheese. Know, it, a lot of people come right back to like, this is total cheese. I'm like, I agree. It absolutely is. Keep watching and it will be the most delicious cheese you've enjoyed in a long time. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, like, I had only, I had only gotten through to, uh, I, uh, a coworker of mine, uh, had loaned me his login for YouTube red. And so I was going to get to watch it and I made it through two episodes before he got fired oh. and uh, kicked me off the account. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, I was like, Oh, I was so happy when it, they, it got added to Netflix. I just haven't, uh, I haven't gotten around to it. I thought that story okay. was going to get real dark so, for a minute there. The, the, <laughs> the biggest question you have when watching the show is how are they going to do this show about the karate kid mythos? without Pat Morita. Yeah. Like that, that's like the biggest question of how they do that. And they, they thread the needle so delicately and beautifully to have Miyagi woven into every episode. Yeah. Without Pat Morita. Yeah. That it is, it is just absolutely astounding. Yeah. And they're not dancing around it. This isn't like the WB no. shows when we couldn't show Superman and we couldn't no, show Batman, you know, like it was just like, oh, there's a shaded figure of somebody who may or may not be Superman, but we're not going to say that word out loud. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 they, no, they just embrace it and they do it really well. Absolutely. And like, there, there's a wonderful comment that is not spoilery at all. It was a comment in season three where Daniel says he is the age now that Miyagi was when they met, which. Uh-huh. Like Wilford Brimley, ought to tell you something about Pat yeah, Murray. Yeah, the Brimley <laughs> You know, line, like, baby. go back and watch Karate Kid. Well, like, Pat Murray's character looks like he's supposed to be, I don't know, he, like he's... 60? Yeah, late 50s, early 60s, and the actor yeah. is probably, like, 29. <laughs> you know? Well, no, because, I mean, he was in Happy Days, but, you yeah, know, but I, still, I get the point. Yeah. yeah, he was in his probably late 40s, maybe, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I'd probably closer to fifties, but whatever, yeah, right. uh, you know, uh, parsing words here. Um, but no, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and I'm, I think he was 17, David. How about that? <laughs> he was 12. He was actually 12. 
the, the show is wonderful. Season three is great. Um, so let's let's segue into other uh, uh, thing here. Uh, Sabrina final season uh, was also uh, New Year's Eve. Um, I, without saying much about that, I enjoyed most of the season as it was dealing with like uh, Lovecraftian uh, eldritch horrors. Yeah. Um, but I could have done without the last two minutes of the last episode. Yeah, they made a choice. They sure did. They definitely made a choice, and it pissed my wife off. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend was not happy about it either. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, like, again, it's done. Sabrina's not coming back. It ended. Right. Which is too bad because it's a really good show. So, I don't know if that had something to do with it, but they made a choice. I mean, the the choice they made definitely stops it from, you know, saying, well, what if we bring it back? Or what if we have her show up on Riverdale? Or, you know, some, they, they, yeah. they definitely, you know, close that door. Yeah. Um, and they, they chose the story or chose the made the choice of, of telling a contained story within a year of time in the actual show. Yeah. Because it's it's 17th birthday to 18th birthday in, in the show or 16th to 17th or whatever. So it's one year. Yeah. It's 16 um, to 17, I believe. Yeah. And it's like the show I really enjoyed the ending. Not so much. The second to last episode, I think it was where. Like from not spoiler from the previous season, but there winds up being two Sabrinas yeah. that they, they they split her into two. And one of them goes to an alternate reality, which is a television show where her aunts are played by the ants from the show. And uh, Salem, the cat is actually <laughs> a talking puppet. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. And then like, yeah, the way they ended it sort of gave it this almost snarky glorification like, of something that they should not have done well that and sort of this it's my ball and i'm going home if we're canceled screw you nobody can play with this what do you think of that yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> like almost snarky i it's it was kind of a snarky end i'll say that yeah a little bit yeah a little bit what can you do um and and without uh much topic about it i'm looking forward to wandavision next friday i am too Yes, yes, yes. Man, I am too. And I think it's going to be weird as hell. And I think the first couple episodes, there's going to be like some serious knee-jerk reactions from people. Because now we see like this week, Marvel put out some press releases and stuff and it got picked up by all the clickbait sites and shit. And they were like headlines like, don't worry, there's superhero action in WandaVision. (laughs) And like, hey, WandaVision is going somewhere and we will see them punch people, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't care. My favorite part about all of Marvel is character story. Yeah, like, I, love the, I love the big actiony scenes as much as anybody. Same I here. get teared up like Joe at, at on your left, like anybody else does. But uh, give me character study. You know, give me like Wanda descending into madness for six episodes. Yeah, and I will watch the hell out of it. I want an episode where they describe what happened to her accent too. That'd be good if they could straight. Well, there, out. there's that because she went from. Do you have any paprika? <laughs> like to uh oh viz i love you man oh no hey like, well i mean really you know, quick <laughs> here's the thing though she has the accent in endgame so if she does yeah, not she does. have the accent in 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 wandavision maybe it's part of the oh stop it housewife that's some conspiracy shit there man <laughs> no 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 seriously no, no it's not it, they're they're obviously playing around with like these different uh you know, she's she's imagining she's in a sitcom. Okay, yeah, like, I hadn't thought that's of it. Okay. part of this. I hadn't thought of it yeah. like that. I seriously had. Yeah, so if like if she's imagining that she is Donna Reed, 
right. you know, perfect fifties housewife, June Cleaver, June yeah, Cleaver. Whoever. Absolutely. Let's yeah. I'm sure she speaks very Midwestern, no accent whatsoever. Right. Like, you know, dialectless, you know, the, the way they teach you to speak in theater classes, you know, like no sure. accent at all, yeah, no weather regionalism, person. nothing. Weather person, as they call it, I believe, is the, yeah. the language. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> more or less, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I am excited. I will say that they are my two least favorite characters in the MCU, the cinematic universe. And maybe it's not their fault. We didn't get to see a whole lot done with them, I guess. Sure. So this is a chance for them to do something very cool with these characters. And it is going to lead into Doc Strange and the next Spider-Man yep. and all that stuff, which is very cool. Um, it's a little fan servicey, maybe, but I like it. And the MCU has become more than a movie, more than TV shows. It's like a brand now. So yeah. this is how they do things. And I'm curious to see. It's a weird experiment. And yep. this is basically the beginning of it. And I, I hope they nail it. I hope Me they too. nail it because we need it right now. Me too. Uh, on the flip side of the TV universe, uh, DC or CW has not picked up Green Arrow and the Canaries. Yep, good. Saw that. Yeah, fine with me. I'm I'm glad because I hated that future storyline so much. I, I did not care for it either. Um, and my girlfriend and I had a discussion this morning about how the Arrowverse backdoor pilots, uh, you know, aside from the Archieverse, none of the backdoor pilots are really getting picked up on CW. Yeah. Like the Katie Keene and the um, uh, Nancy Drew of it all, those got picked up, but like Bloodlines didn't work on Supernatural. Katie Wayward Keen Girls gone, did not too. get picked up on Supernatural. Like the only backdoor pilot that I think has worked is The Flash. Like that was actually a backdoor pilot in Arrow. Wasn't uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow as well, though? Not really a backdoor pilot. They never actually did a story with that in another show before the show started. They just launched Legends of Tomorrow and grabbed all the characters they didn't know what to do with. Okay. They was never really even they never did anything with it until they just launched the show. That's fair. Yeah. You know, Batwoman appeared in Arrow and in, in, in uh, the crossover before they launched the show. But that show was was already greenlit. Yeah, that's like, true. We're already going to see Batwoman. Like, not, Supergirl was on CBS. That wasn't a backdoor pilot to anything. That was just. Well, well, I mean, we already they already we already knew that the Flash show was coming when he appeared on Arrow, though, didn't we? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think he had already been cast and stuff like that. And that was how we were supposed to get excited about the Flash show. Was he appearing? I, I don't know for, if the show had been greenlit. I, I may be completely wrong here. I don't know if the show had been greenlit or if they had just cast Barry Allen and put him in as because he was the, the pilot of Flash is where he gets struck by lightning. Right. When they have the particle accelerator. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he's on Arrow when they go to Star City and when when Oliver goes to Star City to investigate something. And they we meet um, Cisco and Caitlin and Barry. We yeah. meet all of them in Arrow, but there's no Flash DNA there. There's just the characters, the actors. So I maybe it had check. already been it had already been sure. greenlit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it had been because like that was. I mean, to establish three main characters. So maybe it had been greenlit and the show was going. So that wouldn't even be a backdoor pilot. That would just be we're introducing stuff here for a show that's already going. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's yeah. it happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Katie Keene canceled. So and then like Sabrina canceled. And then I, I don't know the future of like the Archie <laughs> versus that Katie Keene show was nuts. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
It and was, you know, oh. maybe this maybe this is backdoored into my nerd compar- uh, conspiracy theory here. We all know that season three, season four of TV shows is when they start to get expensive for the network. Yeah, because that's when contract renewals come up. That's when you, you pay have writers, to like expand actors. and build new sets and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So maybe because of COVID and needing to cut costs, all of these shows that were marginal successes that were kind of on the bubble. Now the costs of keeping these people under contract are outweighing the costs of holding on to things until they can start filming again. Yeah. I, mm. I don't disagree. I don't you know. Disagree like at all. It, it might just be a factor of business. It might be the shows just ran their course. It might be the COVID of it all. We don't know. Well, and, and they may be revamping you know, as well and looking at too. things like, I mean, look, Stargirl was a hit for them and we've got Yara floor coming as this wonder woman show that's rumored and everything. Maybe yeah. they are looking at revamping and saying, okay, I, I think we're done doing this established stuff. We want new characters that we can introduce to bring in younger viewers and stuff. They've had so much WB and DC have had a huge amount of success with their young adult, you know, reader stuff. And, they have. And I think they're seeing like, this is where the future is. It's not preaching to old farts like you, me and Joe and going like, here's our version of, you know, crisis on infinite earth. Yeah, that's great and all, but there's a lot more control in developing a new character that we can sell to a younger audience. That's going to buy stuff and, and watch the TV show and listen to the soundtracks and shit like that. So true. I mean, true. But are they going to do those new shows like they did star girl because they developed star girl for uh, the CW app or the, the DC app where it's 10 episodes short, short story, short contained in and out. Yeah. Or are they going to continue to do the old model that they're trying to do for the CW shows, Flash and Arrow, 22 episode seasons? Wouldn't surprise me at all mm-hmm. if it's, you're going to see a lot more condensed, like condensed you know, stories. And then you can split it up over seasons. Like it's season one, part and, one is 10 episodes, and it comes back six months later, and here's 10 more episodes, or it comes back next year. And, you, you know, I think that's that's the future of this stuff. And maybe, maybe uh, arrow and the canaries would have worked as a 10 episode short story on HBO max. God, I hope not. (laughs) Well, no, no, but it's not going now. And and there's like, maybe they'll shop it elsewhere, but I doubt that. I think it's just, it's just done. I think they're done. But maybe if they had thought about doing something like that, as opposed to this is going to network to replace Stephen Amell and arrow and and fill that time slot for the entire right. year with 24 episodes I, I think that, and yeah i think that the the networks need to get away from that mentality of the 22 where seven are good seven are great or seven are great seven are okay and seven are, are terrible yeah like that just tell us 10 like people are much more willing to invest 10 hours in an okay story than 22 in a story that they don't know anything about yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely you know plain and simple yep don't disagree david Good to talk to you, man. Always. You too, guys. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. Okay, let's get to these voicemails. Nerds, there's a lot of reasons to love your show, uh, but being able to uh, have a, a platform to talk about our conspiracy theories when nobody cares, I mean, that's that's wonderful because I've been uh, obsessing over something since September when I first uh, I thought about this. So um, for anyone looking to avoid uh, the turf J.K. Rowling and her um, Harry Potter books, I highly recommend the Oz books. Uh, right now I'm on the fifth um, Oz book that I'm reading to my son. And uh, it's great. 
but uh, in, in September, I was on the second book, and um, that's, that's why I ran across the conspiracy theory uh, that I'll tell you about today. So you may know Glinda, the good witch from the movies or something. I doubt you've all read the books. But uh, Glinda is an interesting character in, in Oz. Um, so you should know that she rules the land of the south. That's where the quadlings are. And um, she's like, it's, it's a utopia in the south. There's lots of stuff that's, that's kind of wrong in, in, in these weird temperamental people who, who rule different parts of Oz. But the South is is a, a world where Glinda is the ruler. She leads an all-women army throughout this kind of utopia, an all-women utopia. Anyways, by the end of the book, um, Glinda gets called upon to help them uh, take down this witch. And Glinda's weapon of choice, uh, she rides into battle with a golden string that she wields like a lasso. I see where he's and going. Enchanted. <laughs> it's super strong. And so she ends out lassoing uh, the witch Mombi with it, and Mombi can't break free. And while Mombi is in this unbreakable lasso, being lassoed by this um, uh, uh, matriarch figure of this uh, this uh, women's utopia, um, uh, Mombi can't tell her lies because Mombi is also uh, feeling the effects of this enchanted pearl net necklace. So that unbreakable magic string, this leader of the Amazonian utopia, and this power where you can't tell her lies, I, I just got to thinking, you know what? This really sounds like the, the William Moulton Marston, uh, Elizabeth Holloway Marston um, Wonder Woman creation. I just can't shake it. Um, and, and I looked up the dates and the Oz books were huge. There's nothing that sells like the Oz books did then. And and both of them, both the Marstons, uh, were 10 years old when the book came out. And I just can't help but think that uh, Glinda, the good witch, um, was the template for Wonder Woman. So that's it. <laughs> Be well out there, gang. See you soon. I don't know how you can argue that. I don't know if this is. Yeah, even I mean, certainly, certainly inspired by. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, I like this isn't even a conspiracy. That's like there it is. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, the of course, Mar I'm sorry. Was it Mars Marsdale Marsden? I can't say his name. Marston. William Moulton Marston. Of course, he read the Oz books. He was a nerd and he was into girls tying up dudes. He was also a pervert. That was his thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, wow. no, he was. He was into some weird, sexy time stuff. Yeah, I know. You know, whatever. Uh, you I know, too. hey, everybody, just a just a, a friendly reminder. Introduce yourself. Yeah, that was Black Scorpion number three. For those that don't yeah, know, we know who you are. Not everybody knows who you are. You're not as famous as you think you are. BS the three. <laughs> so let's get into our conspiracy theories. I don't have mine. Right. Is, mine's just gross, but I kind of love it. You want to do yours first? So we can do a good one at least. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, this dawned on me like a, like a bolt of lightning, uh, a, a, a while after the question got, uh, posed, um, in the early two thousands, there was this rampant rumor that Marvel was going to put out a mini series revealing that uncle Ben had oh. secretly <laughs> molested and abused a young Peter Parker. I forgot about this. Yes. 
and it gained so much traction. And I think like even the people, this was now there were names attached to this rumor too. Like, wasn't like they're saying like Paul Jenkins, Paul Jenkins was going to be the writer of the project. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, this is early 2000s Marvel where it's Joe Casada as editor in chief, Bill Jameis as the president and publisher. And they are just like in full on fuck it mode. Yeah. You know, like middle finger to the comics code. Uh, we're going to put out all kinds of stupid shit just to, just cause we can. Um, uh, there was this like Bill Jameis had this like very, terrible uh uh but not um it wasn't like it wasn't like a, a mission statement or anything but like basically like he loved the idea of making the women in in marvel comics like the sexiest bitches on the stage oh, yeah. man because that's what the dudes um, wanted baby i mean the, yeah right it was still the 90s right and uh uh, no, early 2000s. No, but it was still um, the 90s is what I'm yeah, saying. Okay, like, sure, right. yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. we made all the money, Joe. Come on. Right. Uh, yeah, he called them bad girls for fanboys. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so uh, yeah. It, uh, bad boobs involved, for boner boys. There you go. <laughs> yeah, overtly selling female character titles as nothing more than masturbation fodder for male readers. Yeah, Jemis is uh, not, he's not remembered real fondly. No. And uh so yeah and like and so marvel once this rumor got traction marvel was like wink wink nudge nudge yeah hey maybe it's true you know right and so it like they didn't like nobody thought to say to come out and go guys of course that's not what we're doing right it's just no because people were talking and if people are talking then it must be good yeah let them talk and the project ended up being truth, red, white, and black. Oh, seriously? <laughs> about the about the first Captain America, the black Captain America, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Uh, by Kyle Baker, and I'm sorry, the writer's name is escaping me. Um, but yeah, it was true. It was, it was truth. And so, like, I don't know how this, I don't know how this started. I don't know where the idea was formed. Uh, but yeah, Uncle Ben, Robert, child molester. It was uh, Kyle Baker uh, and Robert Morales. Robert Morales. There yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just like I, I totally I, I remember can't that. Believe. I can't believe that that was a thing. Was now that, that like, people actually thought was going to happen. We got trouble came out of that too, didn't we? With the story of like young sexy Aunt May. Yeah, and- I, I I I wanted to conflate the uh, the two. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it's a chicken and an egg situation or what. But um, uh, trouble came out of uh, their epic relaunch, right? Uh, epic comics relaunch, and it was a very thinly veiled allegory for like Aunt May is actually peter's mom yeah totally and she got knocked up at summer camp she was sexy let me tell you and and yeah and so and then so instead the whole thing is so dumb it's like it was terrible it was first of all garbage aunt may uh, uh, and uncle ben are years and years older right like seniors they are seniors (laughs) 
well then they're sibling like even at the time i now i think trouble probably put them closer in age um but like trouble had them like yeah they were like young best friends well like wearing bikinis and hanging out and shit yeah right like but so it was may may and her sister yeah or that's no see now i'm it was may parker and peter's mom yeah, but that's just weird. They were friends. They were just friends. Right, but oh, maybe they weren't related then. Yeah. No, they were just buddies. And they were buddies but, but sleeping Peter, with Peter, uh, but and- uh, Uncle Ben's brother, Richard. Yeah. That was, they were brothers. Um, but yeah, like the idea that like my older friend got knocked up and the only thing to do was for me, teenage girl, to adopt the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage Mary Parker. That is what you do for your older friends, Joe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's just what a strange, turbulent roller coaster of a time for Marvel. So mine comes not long after that. And mine is also spider centered. Actually, it would be a little ways after that. But mine was centered around one more day and brand new day. The much maligned story arc that ended the JMS spider storyline where we see Spider-Man make a deal with the devil to save Aunt May's life. First, he goes to Mm -hmm. Dr. Strange and says, please, Aunt May had been shot. I can't remember who shot her, but she had been shot. It was just a a random assassin hired by the Kingpin. Something like that. Yeah. And she was in the hospital and she's dying. Now, keep in mind, Peter Parker is friends with Reed Richards. Peter Parker is friends with several X-Men that have healing powers. Peter Parker is friends with Dr. Strange. <laughs> Peter Parker is friends with so many people that in the Marvel universe could de-age Aunt May, undo time, you know, like heal her wound. But for this storyline, she needed to be gravely injured and she was going to die and it was going to upset Peter so much that he would end up making a deal with the devil to save his aunt's life. And that deal entails never being married to Mary Jane. And right. out of that deal comes all kinds of things when it, when it ends, he makes a deal. Aunt May comes back. Uh, Harry Osborn is reborn and shit like that. And like later on we find out, or no, I'm sorry. The Norman Osborn thing with Gwen, where they had triplets. That was during the JMS stuff, right? Oh, they were twins. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But like there was, it was such a mess and people were so upset that J. Michael Straczynski came out and basically said, it wasn't my idea. I, I don't, I don't want my name on this. It wasn't my idea. Well, I mean, he agreed that the marriage should be undone, but he, like he didn't really, he agreed on he wasn't that. jiving with the way it went down. But then Joe Casada, who was running Marvel comics at the time came out and said, it was absolutely his idea. and that's why his name is on it. And we still, to this day, JMS says it wasn't him. He didn't want to do the deal with the devil. He thought that was stupid. And Casada swears up and down, bullshit. That is his storyline. And Casada goes as far as to like talk smack about other stuff that JMS did in the line, like the trip, the twins and crap like that, saying, like, look what this guy had already done. Why is it so hard to believe that he wanted to make Peter make a deal with the devil? This was his story. No one wants to own it at this point. And we still don't have a definitive answer as to who came up with the idea that Peter Parker would make a deal with Mephisto to end his marriage. 
I'm saying it's 100% JMS. I'm saying it is. Um, and he looked at the I, reactions and he was like, well, that's not really what I wanted to do. No, I don't. I don't necessarily agree because I like I, I think JMS would cop to a, a bad decision. You know, like it, it's not like it, it's not like the dude. I don't know. Ever went back and said it wasn't my idea to have Norman Osborne have sex with Gwen Stacy. You know, I, I, I think that I think that he agreed that the marriage needed to be ended because it was stifling to the character or whatever. Well, we couldn't relate to um, Peter unless he was single. That was ultimately yeah, when right. they came you down know, on it. That a, was the reason. A, you need, we need to see him dating again. He's a swinging bachelor, right? Um, but I, I think I think that I think that JMS probably just did not agree with the ultimate outcome and how the how the undoing was going to occur. It's so ridiculous though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems strange that like to a man that had like a well-respected comic creator, Joe Casada, and a dude that's like worked in Hollywood and has many, many writing credits behind his name and doesn't have to work, wouldn't have to answer any of this. He could have just shut up, not said anything. They both refuse to own it, which is so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's just bizarre. It's, it is. It's very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Oh, that was a fun one. And uh, do we have a new question of the week? I do have a question. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's set up a new question of the week for these kitties. Uh, our new question of the week was submitted by Ryan Hebrews Mount via Twitter. What artists are crushing it at non DC Marvel or image books? Oh, or image even. Right. Okay. Totally indie. What, what total indie creators are crushing it on their projects right now? Specifically um, artists. We're looking for art. Well, yeah, I mean, he says up and coming artists. Okay. Up and coming artists, not so much big names. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he so he's saying like, don't pick a big name artist that's happen, that just happens to be doing an indie book right now. Yeah. Up and coming dudes. Yeah. Right. Uh, bonus. Uh, if you have a favorite artist to follow on social media, let us know. Up and coming Let's, creators. Uh, I keep saying dudes. Dude is like a weird old slang thing for me, and I don't mean to be like men, men only. I, but to it me, does dude imply, is all inclusive. Yeah, I try. Like when I say it, I hope you understand it's all inclusive. Up and coming creators is where I'm at. Right. We'll do that next week, right here on the show. We talk about a lot of comics on this show, and the good news is, if you go to the show notes, we have our must, our required reading list with all the comics we talked about and links to more information about them. So go and check that out. Check out the THN Book Club. You can hear us setting it up in last week's episode. It is from Aftershock. It is called War on Terror. God Killers, it's called. God Killers, War on Terror from Aftershock. It's only 13 bucks. Read it along with us, and we'll discuss it on the final cover to cover of this month. Not a bad start to the week for comics anyway. Everything else is on fire. But if you come here, we can escape, talk about something else, and feel better. Thank you a lot, guys, for helping us do that. Seriously. We needed it this yes. week. I know Joe and I were both feeling it. I know you are, too. And that's okay. Good news is, that's what we have comics for. You got it, baby. I can't think of any other way to end this. So let's get the hell out of here. All right. <laughs> All right. Until next week, we'll be right here. Same THN time, same THN channel. My name is Matt Baum. My name is Joe Patrick. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.